live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. All right, here we are again for episode number 52 of X and Y on the Fly. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And we want to welcome you again, as always. Today, we have special guests, another couple who we've recently met. Their names are Antia and Brody Boyd, and they come from California. Welcome, you two. Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. This is great. Honored to be here. Yeah, well, it's an honor to have you guys. And one of the things that we've noticed about you that was particularly entertaining when we were introduced, Brody, is that you two are also, like us, a married couple who gets along very well, who actually are dating coaches for people who aren't married yet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, so most, right. So most married couples are uh, usually, we've noticed, coaching other couples or people who are in relationships already. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet you two are brave enough like us to co-brand yourselves as dating coaches and help people. Well, I guess, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but find the kind of love that uh, you share, like the love we share. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's why yeah. we're so excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah. That's what we've yeah. been doing lately. Yeah, this would be great. Two power couples coming together. Oh, share, share the oh, wisdom. Yeah. Very good. And on that note, I think it's time to announce today's uh well, I don't know. It could be a little bit controversial. They can't see you nodding. <laughs> <gonna speak>. <laughs> <laughs> today it's gonna be about I can always tell if it's been a while since we've done a show because I have to like fix my words about six times per sentence. And I look at you and you just go, yeah, and start waving your hand at me like talk. (laughs) I give him gestures of what I need him to do. Hey, watch that gesture. That gesture is not very nice. Hey. No, I'm kidding. Feminine guidance. I know, know, right? Thank God you can't see what's going on. Good thing we like men. Yeah. And we like women. Yeah. All right. Which gets us to our point today is all the hate that's directed at you poor guys. Well, that's not what I had as a podcast topic. No? What is it? I said the hate for masculinity and femininity. I mean, it's a foregone conclusion. Everybody hates men nowadays. We've talked about that before. (laughs) But I think, you know, when you get down to the nitty gritty of this, I say that facetiously, obviously. For all those out there who are about to leave us like a hundred bad reviews, although a hundred bad reviews would actually be really nice because then we'd have at least we'd have over a hundred reviews. That's quite yes, a, quite exactly. a yeah, right. You know, bad press is still good press. I just want to say, there's no such thing as bad press. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, just ask the Trump family. Yeah. Look at look where it got them. Yeah, Kim Kardashian, Kanye right? West. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. And Kylie Jenner now with the Pepsi commercial thing. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what that's doing for her or Pepsi, but we're sort of digressing here. Yeah, I mean, you know, femininity and masculinity 30, 40 years ago, nobody even gave a second thought to those two concepts. I mean, they're just so absolutely cut and dried. I mean, masculinity, that is what describes maleness at its core. Femininity, that's what describes femaleness at its core. Nowadays, uh, what does Facebook have? 45 genders are they up to now? (laughs) <laughs> oh wow <laughs> i was not aware that's pretty, i didn't know that makes sense though you have books on masculinity that are like hey women can be masculine too which means the men will be more feminine and they can still get together and have great sex well you know i'd love to see that i haven't seen yeah. it yet everybody i've ever talked to who argued with us about masculine men and feminine women having just more explosive amazing multi-orgasmic sex lives uh, basically came back with, yeah, you know, I'm kind of the masculine one in this family as the woman. And my husband is, you know, lets his feminine side come out and our sex is okay. I go, well, there's a key word in that sentence. Okay. Okay. Doesn't cut it. Okay. I, you know what? If you're out there and you're a feminine man or a masculine woman, enough such that you identify as that in your relationship and your sex is off the charts, Please write me at Scott at DeserveWhatYouWant.com or Emily at DeserveWhatYouWant.com and set me straight, but make sure you give me the whole story, okay? Because <laughs> I have yet to hear it in 12 years. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I definitely agree because, I mean, just look at anatomically, right? I mean, how how is that supposed to work? The man is the penetrating force, if you will, right? And the woman is the receiving part of it. 
So I definitely agree with that. And I haven't mm. heard that either. I actually heard exactly the opposite that, you know, when people, when couples actually increase their polarity, their sex life came back to life. Every sex expert I talked to, they'll all work on getting the polarity back on track, right? To, to increase um, um, the sex appeal, the sex drive and toward the partner. The passion. Yeah. Talk to me more about this idea of men being the penetrators, because I think a lot of guys nowadays, with all the shame that's been put on masculinity, that mm -hmm. sounds a little rapey, and it sounds mm -hmm. a little uh, you know, out of bounds and kind of mm -hmm. dangerous, or, oh, I don't think women really want that. Mm -hmm. What is it that's caused men to feel that way? And, well, you know, let's backtrack a little bit before we talk about how men are feeling that way. What does it even mean to be penetrative as a male? I mean, obviously, we understand how the sex organs fit together. But, I mm -hmm. mean, what's the deeper and more emotional part of that? The way I've always kind of written about that when I talk about it in, in my travels is that, you know, the sex act is a metaphor for how masculinity and femininity fit together. So, obviously, I agree mm -hmm. with you, and I've even used mm -hmm. the word penetrating force in my uh in my writings but i'm interested in digging deep on that no pun yeah. intended <laughs> i was gonna say oh good lord well, this is just a degenerative podcast this is really just falling apart at the seams i kind of i kind of like it podcast yeah. i kind of like it like i said what does this mean if you're a guy and you keep hearing men are the penetrators i mean what does that mean for me the penetrating is on all levels in the relationship. So I like to think of it as mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. The physical is just a piece of that. It is the, the physical sex act, like you said, is where the penetration happens. But also on the different levels, a, the masculine in a relationship can penetrate his woman on all different levels, penetrate her mentally, going deep, learning more about her finding out what makes her tick, what is she what excites her, what does she want in her life, what are her fears, what are her her childhood traumas, that kind of penetration to really get a deep understanding of the woman. So emotionally, penetrating her in the emotional sense of digging deep. What do you say like when we see it as a man our our woman, the woman we're with, our partner is freaking out. You know, she's she's having some strong emotions come up. She's in her fear. She's in her anger. She's in her lust. She's in her sadness or she's on her period. You know, just the the, <laughs> the physical aspects of that um, can happen, too. But as the masculine, it's penetrating deep to see, well, what's really going on? Why are you really feeling that way? And looking beyond the surface, because so many men get distracted by the surface. They get distracted by the content. And that's what I, one thing I teach a lot of my clients is don't be distracted by the content, go deeper to what's really going on within her. Because often what a woman says that she wants or what she says she's angry about isn't the real thing that she's angry about or that she really wants. So to penetrate in that sense, to look for that deeper level, physically we covered and then spiritually, of course, spiritually, it's about penetrating to, to really go to the core of, of both of your souls being able to connect and looking for what's the blocks of both of us being able to connect and being able to help her break through her own spiritual blocks so that your souls can really merge and be become like what they say, like a soulmate, you know, type of relationship. So that's what I view it is on all those different levels. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it does. And I'll tell you what, especially if your woman's period is more like an exclamation point. <laughs> this is really important. Emily, I know you had something on this. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you know, when we're in those moments and things like that, it's happening in our lives. You know, when the guy penetrates us, as we were speaking metaphorically, uh, into their lives and takes it takes us in uh, to make us feel safe, to give us comfort, uh, to give us the loving, caring aspect of life that we really need for comfort and safety. It's really reassuring. Yeah, Brody, what's the difference between what you're talking about and asking a bunch of interview questions on a first date? <laughs> I'd say the uh, there's a couple things. I'd say, number one, it's the intent. Why are you asking these questions? What's your purpose? And number two, it's the energy that you're approaching us with. Because if a guy's, again, a guy might be at a surface level, it'll come across as he's, he's just interviewing. Oh, you know, where did you grow up? Um, you know, what are you what are you passionate about? What are your goals? You know, what are what is your past relationships look like? That would be like a surface, uh, a man approaching it on a surface level, which would come across as a boring interview that would be dry and just, you know, unfulfilling to both parties. 
now with a different energy and intent behind it, a man who's asking these questions to try to really get a sense for this woman's soul and who she is from her core and for the purpose of connecting and for the purpose of um, really seeing her and helping her to feel seen and understood on a deeper soul level that in the energy of, you know, I want to feel you, I want to see you from the inside out. I want to, I want to know the depths of you, um, that energy, that's what changes it from being a boring interview to being something almost erotic and, mm. um, and just spiritual in its nature of that kind of exploration of connection. Now, perhaps not coincidentally, that was a rather deep answer to an interview question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Antia, what, what do you have to say about all this? You haven't said oh, much lately. I, yeah, I, I wanted to just say, you know, um, but I feel like with Brody, like one thing that masculine, what the gift is like to actually not watch necessarily the controlling words, the protecting words that women use, like, oh, I'm not ready to, you know, be intimate or whatever, but rather to penetrate through that and watch her body language, mm -hmm. right? And like, actually feel like that's what Brody was always telling me. He was not listening to my words, but he was, he was listening to my body. And he would feel when my body actually said yes. And my, you know, my words were like, oh, you know, and because women have this part of like, you know, I was slightly masculine too. And um, of being in control, right? And it, it just comes from a place of fear of being betrayed, right? Or of being hurt. And so that's what I've seen with Brody and over and over again to, to penetrate through that fear of hurt or penetrating through that fear of betrayal. Lack of trust. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's what I've, um, seen over and over again. Like, that's what I understand what, um, penetration is that he's not like, you know, he's really coming from a place of love and breaking through mm, my fear. Yeah, yeah, that's a part of the intent too. It's mm -hmm. coming from love rather than it's coming from a good place of wanting mm -hmm. to create a uh, pleasure for you both, just yeah. like in a dance. That's why I use the analogy too. It's like in a dance, the man is leading the dance, mm -hmm. but he's leading the dance for his pleasure and for her pleasure. Mm -hmm. So the intent is that they're they're both going to go on this pleasurable journey together, not mm -hmm. just so the man can get his off, or that or that he's sacrificing him, himself to just get her off. And that's the difference between a rape, right? Because there's actually a closing body language from the woman and the man still keeps penetrating. That's right. the difference He's because you asked that in the him, very beginning. Just for himself, mm -hmm. yeah. Now, see, the sneaky danger of this podcast is we're supposed to be talking about why people hate masculinity and femininity. I know. And now, but, we're but now, we have, <laughs> now we have four people who just love masculinity and femininity, and we're not really getting around to the point. So, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, rein that in a little bit. That's sort of yes. our job. Let's bring out the hate. Yeah, yeah, let's bring it on. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Come at me, sis. All right. So here's the deal. We've talked about penetration so far, and I don't think that's necessarily, you know, contrarian to our conversation, because I think that's part of what can become offensive to people who just don't like the idea of masculinity and femininity, because here's how it looks on the surface to the masses of us who really don't have a problem with it. Right. You know, we're masculine men and feminine women all over the fruited plain, but we're not the angry ones who keep grabbing the mic. And what we kind of see from those people who are the noisy squeaky wheels, if you will, out there is this hell bent for leather attitude that, you know what? Men shouldn't be masculine anymore. Masculinity has been, you know, oppressing women for millennia. Mm -hmm. And it's time for that to stop. And it's time for men to stop exhibiting once and for all this quote unquote toxic masculinity. And men and boys are not told what to replace it with. We're just right. told to stop it, you know. And don't even look at a woman, otherwise it's rapey. Right. All that stuff, even being heterosexual isn't cool anymore. We were saying on a previous mm -hmm. podcast that I did for the guys on the mountaintop that uh, it's becoming more and more true nowadays that the key spokesmen for masculinity are actually homosexual men because they're not told to sit down and shut up. You know, they're the only ones allowed to share that angry microphone, as it were. Mm. And yet the yeah. irony is when you see some of these women who are so angry at men for being, quote unquote, toxic in their masculinity, even as we're being told to soften up by that element of folks out there, those women are actually claiming more masculine energy for themselves. Absolutely. And they're saying, okay, it's time for us to be the bankers and the doctors and the lawyers. And the, well, they're already doctors and lawyers. God knows <laughs> that. But Indian chiefs or whatever else there are, 
what else they're out there doing that's making lots of money and climbing the corporate ladder and it's time for men to stay home with the kids or whatever. You know, they're they're taking that masculine energy even as men are told it's toxic and oppressive. So it sort of ends up coming off like, yeah, we're kind of just angry. We're sick of being oppressed for so long and now we're going to make you pay instead. So is that whole penetrative idea part of what's so offensive to people on the female side of the ledger who have felt quote unquote oppressed by looking back at history and maybe in their own relationships with men. Is it this misplaced penetration that, you know, say an alcoholic guy who comes home and abuses everybody and breaks up the place and tells people it's my way or the highway, you know, is that what's going on there? What's going on in terms of the penetration thing relative to the anger towards masculinity? Well, a lot of women have been oppressed. You know, the reason why so many women have felt oppressed is because it has happened in our lifetime and long before then. So that has come into play. But the pendulum has swung so far to the extreme that it's taken on uh, more than just its reality of true oppressiveness. It's gone to the extent of now those who felt oppressed feel the need to oppress everybody else. And, uh, and for some reason they're in search for trying to find the inner peace and joy. The only thing they can find, it's like being in a school with a bunch of bullies. The only way they feel better is to bully other people. Yeah. To get back at the bullies by, you know, beating their face in a couple of times. Well, mm-hmm. fair enough. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. One time I was interviewed by someone for a decidedly feminist website. And, you know, they like me because I respect women. I don't necessarily identify as a feminist. I believe men and women, just like Emily does, we're both pro-men and pro-woman. You know, men and women are both theoretically wonderful people or black-hearted people. You know, just depends on the human on a Mm case-by-case basis. And at the end, after that, she goes, now, this is off the record, Mr. McKay. I have to ask you something. I go, well, okay. She goes, I don't really know how to talk about this with my peers around here because, you know, they all went to Vassar and took like, you know, women's studies and stuff. I was like, okay. She's like, but you know, I just love for a man to take me and throw me on the bed, hold me down and have me. Mm -hmm. And I like for him to ejaculate on my face and pull my hair and call me a slut. And I just really love sex like that. And I have no idea how to even talk about this with my coworkers, even though we're like a sex and relationship website, because I would just feel dumb or like they would just tell me I'm not, you know, being strong in my feminine. Mm-hmm. But is that okay? I said, sounds perfectly okay to me. She goes, oh, okay, I feel so much better now. Am I weird? I go, no, not at all. You're pretty normal. She goes, oh, thank you so much, Mr. McKay, for helping me. I really appreciate that. I go, mm-hmm. not at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most women, even if they're out there politically campaigning against male masculinity, it just seems like, you know, when the door shuts to the bedroom, they still just want good old-fashioned male-female sex. Well, that's why they make those special devices for women to wear to penetrate other women. Is that it? A woman can truly take on the masculine form and penetrate women. Actually, I've never seen one of those devices in my entire life, and I don't know at all what you're talking about. <laughs> Strap-on. Yeah, like yes, strap that's on, what they're called. Yeah. That's right. I've yeah. never yeah. seen one before. <laughs> yeah, you haven't been to one of those girl parties either, huh? Is that what goes on? <laughs> I think, um, you know, it's really about like the rawness, like that people really want to be real. And there's a part of us that is the wild, uncontrolled, unleashed part that's beyond like being logical and in your brain. And and I think we all want to experience that because it's part of us. We were an animal at some point, you know, and I think so many people are suppressing that. And then secretly, of course, they have that because the more you suppress it, right, the stronger the desire becomes. Right. So that's what I definitely see. Um, and that's when I also see when I connect the women that work with me back with their wild woman that they're become much more balanced and in their equilibrium. Right. And actually also starting to make peace with the masculine and actually see, Oh my God, I just have actually the corresponding part that actually appreciates the penetrating and everything that we're afraid of. Right. And I mean, just look at. Fifty Shades of Grey, right? The book sales went through the roof, right? So why do you think that is? Well, the masculine has no idea, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I I just looked it up, actually. Yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey sold 60 million copies worldwide. 
you know, while this conversation is going on and look at what a better example of that repressed mm -hmm. sexuality than a story about a woman that gets completely dominated. Right. Right. Yeah. Men have no idea. They don't understand how in the world they can be told what they're told at sexual harassment seminars. And then 60 million women bought that book. They, it just doesn't add up. That leads to a lot of frustrated people because you got men at the workplace who won't approach the women. And she may see this really cute guy and he just won't talk to her. And she's frustrated because she would love more than anything to fulfill some fantasies. Yeah. I think it comes back down to the whole social representation of masculinity as seen as a repressive force. Right. And, you know, that penetrative idea comes into that, I'm sure. Compared to the real meaning of masculinity and femininity, which is really, it's that they're the catalyst for sexual attraction. That's the purpose. It's God's dirty little trick, like I like to say, to make people have sex and procreate. Otherwise, we would never have babies. Who needs babies? <laughs> you know, my God, they're horrible. They're, they're, they're just messy and they ruin your life and everything. But, you know, God's second dirty little trick is they're really cute, so you don't kill them. <laughs> you know? But again, I'm, I'm digressing all over the floor on this show. Bring in a cleanup operation on aisle five. All right. So here's the deal. Okay. Men can't stand being penetrated by other men. Can we Brody? Well, I'd say heterosexual men can't stand that. Well, I mean, um, okay, yeah. hold on. Yes, I agree with you. But I mean, in the <laughs> more, yeah, but in the more figurative sense involving emotions and intellect, we just can't stand that. Well, even yeah. the feminine men don't like being overtaken by another man. Probably true. Yeah. It just, it isn't in our nature. It just, it's like the opposite ends of a magnet having that polar repulsion, you know. So right. these guys who try to alpha other men, they know they're committing an aggressive act against another man. And they're trying to see if they can basically get another man to submit and be penetrated. And I really think that's douchebaggery at its highest form. Mm -hmm. Really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So meanwhile, it stands to reason that if women are feeling more into their masculine, then they're likewise going to start despising being penetrated by men mm -hmm. as they're feeling more into their masculine. And that's going to lead to them having that bitterness and that resentment towards being penetrated by men. Therefore, they're going to have bitterness and resentment towards men. Well, have you seen women in the workplace who are exercising that very masculine role yeah. interact with one another? It's more than just a cat fight. It, right. it can get downright ruthless. Well, there are also women in charge who try to penetrate men who work for them, which just creates quiet desperation a la Henry David Thoreau. You know, am I on to something here, you guys? I thought yeah. it was really interesting when you just said that, um, you know, that the woman resents the man because she's when she's in her masculine and he's in his masculine and she's basically like a man, you know, acting out a, a whatever, a violent uh, gesture towards An me, right? Because act. you should you should respect me. Right. And it's versus like telling me, don't tell me what to do. And and that's what I see. Right. Because then. You know, that's basically two masculine poles and, and a competition occurs, right? And so there's like, yeah, they're competing with each other. And I see that with my clients all the time when they go to their dates and they're run by their date, like their business ideas that they have, what they, how they want to continue growing their company, right? And so then right away, they go into this competitive, you know, arena or talking about certain sports that they played competitively, you know? in college. And so, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I also feel that, you know, women resent men because, I mean, it's like basically, you know, that they're suppressing like their desire and basically they're projected onto the man. Like I look a lot of like when they start resenting, okay, what are you resenting about yourself? Right. You know, are you resenting your helplessness, which the true feminine is helpless. And I'm not talking about victim helpless. But like completely take me, you surrender. know, like completely surrendered. And if she resents that. Willing to be penetrated. Herself, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if she resents that inside of herself, she resents men. You know, it's interesting that you talked about going on first dates and women trying to penetrate the men with all the questions and talking mm -hmm. about their business deals and everything. Mm -hmm. Perhaps mm -hmm. coincidentally, one of my latest writings that I don't even think has been released yet as of this podcast is where I lead by reminding people what the just be friend zone is, which I think everybody who's ever dated knows clearly what that means. I think there's a 
a kind of a mutation of it, if you will, called the Just Be Business Associates Zone. Yeah. And I think what happens is guys get on dates and they start talking shop with women like this. And the next thing you know, they've traded business cards and are going to trade sales leads with each other instead of making out furiously at the end of the date. <laughs> and yeah. especially older men and younger women get into this trap because all of a sudden she starts seeing him as like a business a mentor. mentor. Yes. Yeah. And the just be mentor zone is a death trap when it comes mm. to like sexual attraction. It's funny because, you know, like if you're somebody's priest or somebody's college professor and there's that sexual tension there, it all of a sudden becomes naughty. You know, this is like the opposite trend. This is like reversing that mm-hmm. whole thing where, you know, you start out, hey, we're supposed to be completely appropriately open to each other for, you know, potentially a sexual attraction, non-platonic relationship. And then this business association starts weaving its petty pace into the relationship. And next thing you know, uh, you know, we're just all business here. No pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's very real. I've seen it probably a dozen times in the last year with guys I work with directly. Hmm. I think that's happened yeah. plenty of times with me in my my work when I used to be out in medical field visiting all my clients. Yeah, I've seen your business card collection. <laughs> it's all men. <laughs> what can I say? It you know you throw the charm and you know it goes well. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. We actually talked to one of our friends uh, last night, and she was a very powerful woman, and she was telling us the exact same thing. How there was a guy who was. He basically, he asked her out on a, this, you see the defensive mechanism in play. He, he asked her out for, he said, I'd love to get dinner with you sometime. And what does she text him back? She texts him back. Oh, you know, after much deliberation with her girlfriend, she texts him back. Oh, that would be great. I'd love to go over, you know, um, your possible investments in the, in the project we're working on. Although, do you see the figurative-like meaning? Really interesting, the investment. Yeah. That <laughs> yes. Now, the sad part is that might not actually be a blatant deflection. Mm-hmm. That might be just how she flirts. Seriously. I've seen it happen. I've been out on dates with women who led with that, and it turns out they were really attracted to me and wanted a second date. But they were talking about, you know, Zig Ziglar you know, principles and stuff on the date, and it's like, well, you know – if you wanted me to give you a few leads, you know, this company pays fat commissions on this. I'm like, you know, this is a date. Please don't mention the word fat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it is, it's like an official term now. It's there's the friend zone and now there's the business zone. The business associates. The, the, the business uh, zone. J-B-B-A-Z. The J-B-B-A-Z. <laughs> Just be business associates. So. Yeah, that's trademarked, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm unveiling that for the first time today, but absolutely it is in my notes for my next major program to talk about that. 100%. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So look, we got guys now also who are being reactive instead of proactive, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of being the leaders, instead of Mm -hmm. being the providers and the protectors. Yes. That might be something that bears talking about here too. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. they're looking at the hate on the part of women towards their masculinity and they have been driven into the feminine so far that they're allowing themselves to be penetrated perhaps without even realizing it and starting to react saying well you know what you women are all mean to us too and you're not being very nice and you're being too dominant and you're being too hateful and so we're just gonna live without you you know you get Mm -hmm. the manosphere types and the men going their own way the mig toes Mm -hmm. and you know that never happened there would have never been even an inkling for such a movement as that 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But now the the feminine, or I should say the female disdain for that which is masculine has absolutely penetrated so many men that, you know, they're allowing themselves to be penetrated. They're saying, hey, you know, now I'm the reactor. Now I'm the one who's going to, you know, weakly mm-hmm. react instead of proactive. Well, I was thinking, you know, to have such disdain for masculinity you would really have to have a disdain for femininity. If you want to be a masculine woman, that would mean you would hate who you are inside as a woman. Mm-hmm. Or just consider it weak, which is contrary to everything mm-hmm. I've ever taught. Yeah, but mm-hmm. to consider femininity as weak in mm-hmm. itself is hateful. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it's self-hatred. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're telling men not to be masculine anymore and giving them nothing to replace it with, yet a woman is replacing her own femininity with masculinity, then that's sort of like almost the ultimate coup de grace to sexual attraction. I mean, it's like, you know, now the thing to be is masculine, except we're sick of you guys being masculine. Now I want to take up my own masculinity. Which brings us to a full circle when a guy decides, well, I'll just give in and just take the feminine form. You know, he raises the kids and he kowtows to the woman. Well, because she has that self-hatred unbeknownst to herself, that femininity is weak and disgusting. Well, he takes on that role. He's no longer attractive to her. I'm not sure guys Mm -hmm. are even taking on the femininity because I think femininity has real purpose, real value and real worth that perhaps even eclipses that of masculinity. I think femininity is the higher calling. I think a lot of these guys who are just staying home doing nothing but, you know, maybe watching the kids while mom goes and, you know, brings home the bacon at the end of the day. I think they're just lazy. I think they're like, well, you know what? There's no mountain lions. I mean, there's no saber tooth tigers to go out and kill. I don't have to hunt for dinner. I don't have to defend our tent from the next tribe over. I mean, you know, you just don't see any Maasai guys starting the men going their own way movement, Kenya chapter. Mm-hmm. They're out there being men. They have mm-hmm. something to be masculine for. Meanwhile, here, you know, we live in our air conditioning and work in a cubicle and there's nobody to keep safe, nobody to protect. And, you know, the checks are direct deposited. Mm-hmm. And women are saying, hey, you know, if this is what masculinity means, give me some of that. Because, you know, after all, there are no more saber-toothed tigers, no more people to go beat up. Because as soon as the saber-toothed tigers show up and the, you know, thugs come in from the next tribe over, women are going to go, screw that. You guys can take care of that. Women aren't fighters. (laughs) Except for all the women I noticed at my last concealed carry lesson. You know, I think that's just a reaction, though, too. When something goes bump in the night and you wish there was a man to tap and go, hey, something's out there. Go get it. Let's talk right. about let's talk about this whole idea of femininity being the higher calling. What do I mean by that? I think I absolutely agree with you, Emily, and you also, Antia. The feminine is something good. We shouldn't just treat femininity as a throwaway. The purpose of femininity isn't to be barefoot and pregnant. Femininity is what brings joy, fun, a social life, comfort, and joy to this world. Men get the privilege of being the providers and protectors, the enablers of those feminine gifts. If you look at a Maslavian hierarchy, you know, a pyramid, the things that men take care of are lower down on that pyramid. They're more basic human needs, safety, security. If you're fearing for your next meal, if you're living in a war zone, then all that self-actualization and the fun and the esteem needs and all that stuff up there, you're never going to have time for that. Which is why when you see single women who, you know, God bless them, they go to work all day and they're in their masculine, they have to put food on the table, then they come home and lock all 12 locks on their doors after they've picked up the kids and bathed them and fed them and done all the mommy things too. They have one blessed half hour to watch a rerun of Friends and then they go to bed and wake up the next morning and do it all again. You take a woman like that out on a date and say, hey, look, this is a vacation. You don't have to think about that anymore. I've I've made a plan. I'm going to take care of you. I'm just going to free you up to be a woman tonight. My gosh, she might want to marry you 30 minutes later. What do you mean? You're not just trying to get in my pants. You're not pressuring me. You're not piling on to me having to always protect myself and provide for myself here. It's like, no, no, no. I've made plans and we're just going to go relax. Because when a man understands the purpose of providing and protecting Lifting that mantle of having to provide the sustenance and having to defend from all those outside forces that may ever come in. And, you know, nowadays that may mean parking the car in the garage if it's going to hail out there tonight. Well, I live in Texas. What can I say? That's <laughs> the first thing I thought of. Or, you know, going and helping her change a tire if she's caught on the side of the road. Things like that, even though it's more symbolic nowadays, it's still very real. And when women feel safe and comfortable and protected and provided for by the man in their life, all of a sudden, all those needs further down the hierarchy on the Maslavian pyramid are taken care of. And then she's more about the joy and the comfort and the fun. And we as men have the distinct honor and privilege of partaking of all those feminine gifts and being the direct beneficiaries thereof. That's what makes it great to be a man. And yes, All the things that women do, all that femininity is what we all live for. 
It's what we all hope to do on weekends after we're done working all week. So yes, femininity is the higher calling. And every time I've ever explained that, even to women who were a bit antagonistic towards our teaching and from the third or fourth wave feminism movement, they've always kind of raised their eyebrows, shrugged their shoulders, looked askance a little and gone, eh, I can't disagree with that. That's pretty cool, you know? But nobody has actually formulated that conclusion in their mind. Yet I think the people who are naturally masculine and feminine live out that dance, as you called it, Antia, from day to day. That's my rant. I'm not going to talk anymore for the rest of the show, by the way. <laughs> no promises there, I'm sure. <laughs> but hey, well, what, how, what the heck a promise keeper can I be if I break my promises? Just hold the structure. Yeah. Beautifully said. I, I love how he thinks about that. And I do get to enjoy having fun and bringing joy to the family. And it's just so peaceful and relaxing and you know, it's free from depression, which I think the society suffers from greatly because we have such an imbalance in life. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel definitely what you spoke to, um, Scott, is like the crisis that we're experiencing right now, right? Because we're just really evolving into higher stages of evolution. So, you know, like, okay, one thing is, yeah, there's no more saber-toothed tigers to kill, but it's also the women are not the same anymore. You know, the women have now movements and, and really want to make a difference in the world, right? And work on, you know, whatever climate change and, you know, we could say gender equality, but whatever it is, right? So there's like a much higher mission. And really now we talked about this yesterday that the new role of the masculine is really the container, like holding the container for the feminine to really sprout because the feminine is going more into intuition, is going to go more into things that are not explainable and that are not, that you can't comprehend with your brain, right? There's so much like sexuality, so much research been done around the G-spot orgasm, being able to manifest everything um, really fast, right? So, so it goes really like under the spears where like the womb, the sexual organs are really seen as the second part of our brain. And, and that's what the man now holds space for, right? Because the women are in the unknown. And so somebody has, has to hold the container for all of this, right? While we're evolving as humanity. Antia, please describe a little bit more in detail what you mean by holding the container, because I'm picturing a woman holding a woman's hair while she's bombing into the <laughs> toilet because she drank too much. Oh, you know? wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, what are we hold? What kind of container are we holding? Is this for a urine so sample? I give or? you, I give an example. So yesterday we saw, we saw a performer just absolutely stunning. And I hope she's going to come uh, to your town as well. And she was performing her emotional journey that she had gone through as a woman. As a one woman and show. She, yes, it was a one woman show. And she was, I've never seen such an emotional range, right? Where she went into complete ecstasy and complete grief and devastation. And then when she was done, obviously she was completely just, you know, depleted, if you will. Like her man stepped up, completely congruent, facilitated everything in the room, all the questions to be asked, all the ways so they can sign up or continue the journey with her. And she didn't do any of that, right? Because she was rising so high beyond what she could even think was possible for her. And that's what I mean. That's That was such an example for me, what it means for a man to hold the container. Brody? Yeah, that's that was a great example. And that's how I think of it as well. So I like to think of the masculine. Essentially, the masculine is like, you know, the concrete around in a swimming pool, the concrete that's holding all the water inside of the pool that's what I like to think of the masculine is like we're holding this strong container, protective energy, but also like sort of a um, uh, the structure of this relationship, the structure of our lives, Consistent holding it, the consistency, the strength of mm -hmm. that, holding it so that the feminine energy inside, that's where all the juice can happen, all the mm -hmm. play, all the, the mm -hmm. fluidness of the water, mm -hmm. just like in a pool. Um, yeah. So really like holding that container. And so as men being the one that can. Uh, be the protector to look out for making sure things are, are done on time, keeping a schedule, um, making decisions, um, holding a vision, holding the um, this structure for how things are going to be done, you know, how things get done. And the, so that the feminine can just play and be that space. Mm -hmm. And we all have we of course, we all have both parts of inside of us. That's the other thing we haven't really mentioned in this conversation. We all do have the feminine and the masculine parts of us. But the masculine essential energy is holding that structure, is holding that container. And that's why I call it the container 
for the feminine to bloom. I, I also like to think of myself in relationship with Antia. The other <laughs> metaphor I love, I think of myself as I'm like this greenhouse. I'm like this greenhouse that's just the structure, just this, the guidance, the, the the protection, the direction. Mm-hmm. And then she is like this beautiful flower growing inside of the greenhouse. And I just want to create the environment, create the structure for her to bloom into her most radiant power. And that she has that strength that's not going to bend. It's not going to move. It's not going to leave where she can feel safe to just blossom and explode and explore and um, and then I will be that the consciousness, the steady force to 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 protect that and to hold space for that. You know, I'm pretty sure my feminine side is a lesbian. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> that bears no explanation. Go ahead, your turn. I'm gonna say, well, no wonder you're rushing me out of the house all the time, telling me, "Hurry up, we gotta go, we've gotta go." When me and their kids are kind of like, "La la 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 la," <laughs> sweet time. I think that's just neuter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. masculinity or femininity necessary. And I also feel with Brody, you know, like when I go into, I have really temper, have a lot of fire inside of me and it's not targeted towards someone. It's just like, you know, I just, it's, it's just something I'm like a volcano. I'm a Scorpio. What can I say? And it's so Brody just holds that space. Right. And he's like, okay, what else? Like give it everything. Right. And, and he's not like, Oh, be quiet. Or, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, exploding right now. I shouldn't be sad right now, yeah, right? But I'm instead, gonna go. I'm gonna leave. Oh, I'm gonna leave. It's too much. You break. know, like I, I can handle this. But instead, he's like, "Great, what else? I'll give it everything. That can't be everything." So he has me like just express myself completely emotionally, intensely, and I feel completely safe. And I actually move from my emotions really quick because I feel so held and I feel so met as a woman. And it's part of that penetration energy we talked about yeah. earlier too, is like penetrating to open up, open, right. open her up yeah. to, to release everything, emotions. to release your authentic emotions, mm-hmm. to release your authentic self, your power, right. helping the, the, the masculine, helping to open that up so that it can be released. Can, yeah. it, it can be given birth to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so everyone who's putting negative energy towards masculinity, it's so sad because they are missing out on such joy I know yes. that when I get frustrated or I'm emotional and, you know, there's nothing that needs to be fixed, but Scott will just come and just hug me and say, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I can just release everything I want to say and feel this wonderful warmth and peace. And so people who are feeling such negativity towards that, they're really missing out on some wonderful gifts out there. I agree. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the and longer I, think- I shut up, the better I look. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's so true. It's actually true, Scott. And because I was thinking one thing that, that I see when my women come to me, what they complain. On the one hand, they want the men who, you know, they feel supported and, you know, they feel cherished and all of this. But then they also want the man who, like, always answers the phone and this and that. And I said, look, if you want a masculine man, he's going to be focusing on work and when the weekend comes around, he's going to focus on and he's going to make a plan. But if you really want this masculine man who holds the container for you, like he's going to be single focused. Right. And I think that's part of the reasons why women resent men, too, is because they expect them to be everything. And so what the women don't see is like the women are the source. Right. And they, they fail to source themselves. So they see like the man has to be the source of affection all the time, or of attention all the time versus her being the attention to herself and like dancing or journaling or doing creative projects, right? And then she'll actually notice, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know how fast the, the week went by. Or, you know, of course, when you're, when you're in a relationship, you see each other more often. Um, but that's what it was for me. Like I didn't notice how fast the week went by when I saw Brody. And then re- later on, I realized, oh my God, he's always been very single focused, right? So that's, I think it's, that's another um, blind spot that a lot of single women have and why they resent men. Kind of like how it's easier for men these days to lapse into laziness because Mm -hmm. of the state of masculinity. It's Mm -hmm. easy for women just to blame men for everything that's wrong because that's what Mm -hmm. they're told is okay to do. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's convenient for them if they ever want to latch hold of it. And they should, you know, you men should know what we're thinking. Right. It's telling you. And when we want you to be feminine, you should know that too. Remember, you had that one email from one lady who was upset because she disagreed with your point when you talked about uh, men helping women. And she's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, one day I was, something happened at the at the gardening place and they needed help and the guy was just staring, not helping. And she was upset. 
And then sure. uh, something else happened and she was upset because the guy offered to help. And you were like, well, what should he have done? <laughs> go kill himself? I mean, you know, he should have never been there to begin with, damn it. He's a man. He you should know, sit down and shut up. She's upset because she was offered help and she's upset when they didn't help. So uh, which is it? <laughs> Can't have both. Can't have well, both. he should and know thing, was her response. Thing, he should know. <laughs> the other thing before, before you say something, just yeah. real quick. Um, another thing why I see with men, why they hate uh, the feminine is that, you know, on the one hand, they want to be like resourced and reminded of their emotions. But on the other hand, they want to shut shut it off, right? Because the masculine is about emptying it out and the feminine is about filling it up, right? So so I'm like, you know, so the men then are not aware what it really means to be with a feminine woman, right? That like, you know, like you will have to put a structure in place as a man, like where you have those moments where you can shut off and empty out because a feminine woman will fill you up. She will, right? So that's like another thing that I see with men is that they are not aware of. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy too. I mean, if you're really a masculine woman, you're not going to end up with a whole lot of masculine men. And if you're an effeminate man, you're not going to attract a whole lot of feminine women. Mm -hmm. Kind of comes full circle. Any final yeah. thoughts on this before we wrap up? Because time's short. Uh, anything else you think that contributes to people misunderstanding, if you will, the real roles of masculinity and femininity and therefore kind of hating on each other because of it. Because, you know, ignorance kind of does breed hate, doesn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And that's well, going to get some people writing in, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I heard yeah. a yeah, yeah over there. Go ahead. Yeah, well, one thing that came to mind when you were talking about um, the woman that had the men not helping her and helping her is I feel like that's kind of what hap what's happened in our society in a lot of ways is men have really become sort of a scapegoat you know, in a lot of ways for all of our society's problems, not, not just men, but masculinity has really become sort of a scapegoat. It's like, what's wrong with our country? Oh, it's a toxic masculinity. You know, what's wrong with our school system? That's toxic masculinity. Or it, you can basically take any problem I feel like we have in our society. And some people are pointing to, you know, some men are responsible in some way mm -hmm. um, for what's wrong with things. And, um, and so that's what it's, it's a, it's a psychological principle too, which is the principle of projection. And we tend to project onto people the things we repress and hate about ourselves. And that's a reason why I feel a lot of the hate between the masculine and the feminine is, is the repression, the shaming of ourselves, the judgment of ourselves, the pushing away of those parts of ourselves that we don't like and putting it onto others and saying, they're a bad person. They did something wrong. They're stupid. They're, they're macho. They're idiots. Rather than looking at ourselves and saying, where do I have that part inside of me? And where am I not making friends and making good on those parts within me and putting it out on everyone else with judgment and blame? So I feel like a whole we can talk about a solution to a lot of this stuff is looking inward and saying, where are we repressing our own parts of ourselves and resisting them rather than accepting them? Because what you resist will persist. So if we accept it, then we could embrace it and we can embrace ourselves and embrace a more harmonious world to live in between the sexes. That's an excellent point. And one other point, uh, a lot of people have a misunderstanding about what masculinity is. Uh, some women, or men for that matter, view masculinity as oppressive and mean in terms of they had a father or someone in their life who was beaten on them, mistreating them. Maybe they'd been sexually abused or raped. And so they interpret all masculinity as that. And they don't see the beautiful aspects of what masculinity in its true form really is. Yeah, which I, I tell that to my clients as well. Masculinity is just power. Masculinity is power and it can be used for good or for evil. It's all, it's all about intent, but it's in its essence, it's just power. How are you going to use it? Well, what about people who refer to feminine power? Yeah, exactly. It's fun to say femininity is the femininity same. Femininity is power, power too. too. Yeah. And I feel like the distinction we need to make is are we actually dealing with the disowned masculine, which is like coming from a place of fear, all the activities that come from a place of fear, being aggressive, or are we dealing with the, with owning, you know, yeah. with the real authentic masculine the and the same with the feminine, right? You know, are we dealing with the disowned feminine with like the helplessness and the victimhood and, and, and that kind of thing? Or are we dealing with the empowered feminine, right? You bet. Who's really working and um, living her life from a place of intuition. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. You know, there's either virtue or vice, and neither masculinity nor femininity can be vice-ridden unless there's a virtue there to corrupt to begin with. So I absolutely, absolutely. agree with you. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you've been listening to this show, it's probably for one of two reasons. Either you're looking for a reason to be angry because you completely disagree with us. <laughs> <laughs> we have people like that on my mailing list, too. I don't know why they're reading my stuff because it's just every little bit of it's going to piss them off. Or, you know, maybe you agree with us and think it's about time this conversation was had and you think millions and millions of people ought to listen to it just like you just did. If you're among the latter category, well, actually, if you're among the former category, write to Brody at meettheboys.com and send all your vitriol in that direction. <laughs> Thanks. And if you're among <laughs> – and guess whose email address is on the feed? It's not Brody's. Um, no, I'm Scott at deservewhatyouwant.com and she's Emily at deservewhatyouwant.com. We'd love to hear from you too. Whichever way you're going to fall, whichever side of the fence you're going to gonna plop down on, we still want to hear from you. We love all y'all. And, uh, you know, if you actually did enjoy this show, we especially want to hear from you. And I also want to send you to Auntie and Brody Boyd's website, which is outstanding. You already know they're smart and they're good at what they do. And that's uh, www.meettheboyds.com. And uh, I want to thank both of you, Auntie and Brody, for being on board today. This has been a wonderful conversation that took some twists and turns that I didn't expect. I say that every time, but that only makes for a good podcast, right? Yes, it was so enjoyable. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. It's great. Thank you so much for having us. It was a pleasure, and we love this. uh, I think we're going to change some lives with this. I think there's some power here. Absolutely. Cool. Cool stuff. That's what we're here for. Yeah. That and all the money. (laughs) fame and fortune (laughs) all the above Um, I'm kidding of course folks if you want to get on our free newsletter won't cost you a lot of money fame or fortune you can go to www.scottandemily.com front slash podcast and uh, get a free book on how to handle every relationship that doesn't turn into marriage for the rest of your life because you know only one will you have to know what to do with the rest of them. And a couple other surprises that are of the good variety when you sign up for our newsletter there. Uh, we appreciate every one of you. We appreciate your uh, iTunes reviews because they're, man, it's like pulling teeth to get one. So we appreciate every one of them that you, uh, that you leave us. We also love hearing from you, like we said. And uh, definitely go check out. And actually, I should say definitely go meet the boys at meettheboys.com. Until we talk to you again real soon, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, dating cast and online dating profile rating all found on itunes or at x-net-media.com also check out scott and emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com this is ed roy odom speaking for the x and y communications worldwide media casting network be good and have fun